In business and life, relationships are everything. Welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, where we interview top business leaders and learn how they build relationships with their teams, clients, and those that promote and refer them. Here's your host, business trainer and leader of the People Catalyst team, Carla Nelson. And welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, Fabian Schwartz. Hey, nice to be here. Oh my gosh, it's so nice to meet you, Fabian. I'm really super excited about today's podcast. And, um, you know, you've got a really awesome book that's coming out uh, that we're super excited to hear about. And we'll hear a little bit about how we can find it. But it's uh, your Scrum Playbook. It's Poker Not Chess. And so you've spent a lot of time uh, studying Scrum and bringing it, and now you're bringing it to the private sector, correct? That's correct, yeah. That's super exciting, and all the listeners are going to be like, oh my goodness, Carla's been saying this on it. <laughs> I did a pod, or uh, Alan Fadden and I did a podcast on this specific thing in regards to Scrum and how it's our favorite project management strategy. Uh, and of course, Agile is the big umbrella, and Scrum is one of the vehicles uh, based off being Agile. So, uh, and I don't know if you know this, Fabian, but there's a study that came out, and it was something like, you know, 77% of um, uh, Fortune 500 CEOs know that Agile is important, and only it was like 10% know how to actually be Agile. Uh, and so I'll have to make sure I get that to you because it looks like you've got, you know, a, a nice group of individuals that are looking to, you know, <laughs> figure out how to be agile. They know the importance of agile, but then everybody kind of stands around and looks at each other. It's like, hey, let's be agile, right? Yeah, <laughs> yes. I'm not surprised by that number, though. It's <laughs> not right. And so can you share with us a little bit about, well, let's go back to just Scrum and its framework to start with, and then we can go into some questions associated with Scrum and then how we can apply it in all areas of business. So if you'd like to give us just the history of Scrum in um, a, a short you know, version of all the different people on the team and how it works. Okay, yeah, sure. So well, in, the, in, the, in the early 90s, uh, Dr. Jeff Sutherland was working in, in Easel Corporation and looking for better ways to, to, to do the work. And he came along a Harvard Business Review article from 86 um, from Takeuchi Nonaka. And they were talking about uh, companies, uh, actually some of them hardware companies they've analyzed. Um, and they were talking about self-organizing teams and, and, and some other stuff. So when they came along these, these articles, they, they found that it was pretty close to what they were doing there. And, um, and they decided to call, to call their way of working Scrum. And actually, as I understand it, um, they asked themselves, how should we call our leader? Uh, so, so they decided to call him the Scrum Master. So that's where the, the terminology came from. That's super cool. And by the way, Fabian had the amazing opportunity this morning of being with Dr. Sutherland, <laughs> the founder of Scrum. And I, I was telling Fabian just before we got on the uh, podcast here is that I am not a jealous person, but I am a little bit jealous that he got to spend some time with Dr. Sutherland. And so Fabian, can you break down those roles in Scrum uh, for the listeners so that when we start, we can talk about, okay, the Scrum Master and then the other uh, teams that are put together 
with the you know um, strategy in Scrum? Yeah, sure, sure. So on Scrum, we have one role that's called the product owner. So this is basically the person that that has the product vision and the person that that tells us what to do. So what what is the the direction we are we are going? Then we have the team, and the team by this we have a cross-functional team, so they 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 can develop a product end to end, and they are responsible for how they are going to build that vision. And uh, we have the Scrum Master, which is basically the person um, facilitating Scrum or making sure the Scrum works. Uh, and, and the guide, we, the official Scrum guide is uh, called the Servant Leader. So the idea is that he helps the team to, to, to use Scrum and to get better every time. Love it. Love it. And we did a podcast on Scrum uh, specifically and breaking that down and then also looking at the roles and responsibilities and, and overlaying our method, the Hoodoo method too. So we'll make sure we include that as a link as well. So with that being said, Fabian, how do you empower uh, cross-functionality, right, in these high-performance teams, and you kind of lent into that, right, with what the team is responsible for, but how do you empower that and, 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 and have these high-performance teams in, in um, working with the product owner to then make that vision and implement that vision? Yes, so um, that's, a, that's a really good um, question because it's not, not that easy as it might sound. There are several points to, to take into account. So first of all, you obviously need the right skill level. So you, you need people with, with all the skills necessary to, to create the product end to end. And here we're talking a lot about T-shaped people. So we, we want people that, that are experts in, in several topics, but not only experts. They also should be able to, to have general knowledge of the other work done in the team so they can help each other out so in that way we, we don't have bottlenecks and we don't have um, people with idle time but also for example we believe we need a strong purpose for the team like a, a strong vision um, that usually comes from the product owner and that has a lot to do with, with motivation and, and focus so if you just give people tasks to do and they don't really understand what what's that for so what what vision that fits in that, that create several motivation uh, issues. And, and another important point uh, comes from a Google study uh, that's probably everybody talks about that psychological safety. So uh, we want um, team members to be safe to take risks. So if, if, they, if they make a mistake, taking, taking a risk and doesn't work out, well, we don't want to punish them immediately because that, mm -hmm. that, that doesn't work very well. Oh, of course, because then you, you have a team that's, um, you know, worried about uh, you know, pushing the boundaries, which is exactly what Scrum is stating, right? You're going to potentially make a mistake, too, and fail faster. Yeah. Fail quickly, fail faster. Fail fast, yeah. But, you know, that's exactly agile. That's what it basically says. It says, hey, get to what's not going to work quickly enough that you can get to what does work, right? Um, so I love that psychological safety. Um, that's fantastic. And so can you also share a little bit how you can use the Scrum framework for management so that you can increase the productivity um, that we're talking about and then allow a team to create and provide the value 
you know, much more quickly. Yeah, so that, that's, that's another interesting point. So many, many of our clients um, have already some kind of Scrum implementation. So they, they have a couple of pilot teams working with Scrum. And if they've done it right, they have a very high performance increase. So they have high performing teams. But at the end, that's still local optimization. So you still have just like one team in high performance. But what you want is the whole system, the whole company um, in high performance. So, so at the end, um, what you do is basically you use Scrum to, to scale Scrum. And, and what you do on a, on a team level, you can do also on a management level. So in Scrum, we are talking about something called a backlog, which is basically a prioritized list of the things that you have to do. And, and the team can do that, but also management can do that and they can prioritize their projects, for example, and then really focus on, on the most important projects and get them done. What we see a lot is um, companies with 80, 100, 200 projects at the same time, they all execute them at the same time, but at the end of the year, they, they have two or three projects done. <laughs> <But> we try to, <laughs> and that's the, that's typical, right? I mean, that is that's, yeah. that is the, and it's it's interesting because I completely can see that it's like when you try to focus on two hundred things at one time. It's like, even though we were taught, you know, if you chase uh, two rabbits, they're both going to get away. It's like, okay, well, let's try and chase two hundred, right? Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> right. see how that one works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's a big big issue. So yeah. Scrum can help you really to focus. I love that. And so it, and on, and focus is fantastic too. And how can you also use Scrum, Fabian, to help uh, your organization react quickly, right, to those changes, uh, both the stimulus within the organization, but also the changes that are happening kind of like real time as you are, you're developing, you know, whatever strategy, technology, uh, and, and again, we're talking about using Scrum for project management, even outside of that. But uh, how can you then use it to react quickly to the changes that are happening um, in your strategy? Yeah, so, well, well, I think we can all agree that the, the business context is changing really fast right now. It's probably going to change even faster in the, in the future. So the, the challenge for the company is to change its direction. and. Probably faster than your competition because otherwise you're, you're out of business. If you imagine the company as a ship, and your task is to turn to turn that ship around, and you have a really big ship, then it's probably difficult to to turn the ship around. So if you have one monolithic hierarchical company looking like a big army, it will take very long to change your strategy and 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 change chase new business opportunities. But if you if you if you imagine a company as several small scrum teams and they're all in small boats, but they're all somehow connected, following the same big goal, well, you can change the direction of those small boats way faster than than, than you can of one gigantic battleship, let's say. Mm -hmm. so, so that's more or less how Scrum works. So you have you have small several small teams, obviously connected, but they're small independent teams. They can do can develop stuff end to end and and if you have to uh, chase a new opportunity well you, you can do that a lot faster with one team or with several of these teams than than with one very big team mm, i love that that's awesome and so if you could baby and because i kind of lent into this and i know your book um 
talks about how you can use all of these strategies because Scrum, everybody always thinks technology because from the point it was created, it was utilized to de develop technology. And Dr. Sutherland, that's his background, right, is technology. I think, wasn't he involved in the original technology that created the ATM machine? I'm pretty sure. That's, oh yeah, he, he he was he was yeah, yes. and so his background and he was a uh, I think he was in the Air Force. He was a pilot. And I, this guy's amazing, and I can't believe you spent your morning with him. So make sure you <laughs> tell him, Carla Nelson. And so, but outside of technology, Scrum and its methodology can be utilized in any type of business. So can you share with us a little bit how the methodology of Scrum is not just to develop tech because he technology they've always adopted this agile methodology and scrum being one of the ways to implement agile but it's not just for tech yeah sure sure so th that's what what we are doing uh, right now and what we've done in the last the last years so i think there's a big um big part of of that uh, way of thinking that's only for technology comes probably from from the vocabulary we, we use at the moment in Scrum, which talks about the development team, etc. Mm -hmm. but, but at the end, if, if you apply that outside technology, it's, it's just the same thing. So you have still a person that, that gives you the priorities and has a product vision. You still have a team that, that works uh, on how to get this done. And you still have a Scrum master um, making sure the team uh, improves all the time. And, and I think the, the only thing you probably have to really think about is well, two things probably. So what's what's the cost of change in your project or in your development and, mm -hmm. and what's the uncertainty in your scope? Okay. So so Scrum is, is really good for complex environments, uh, any complex environment, not just software. So every time you have high uncertainty in your scope, and it can be oil and gas, that, that can be retail, that can be marketing. Wherever you have high uncertainty in your scope, Scrum, Scrum is perfect because it helps you to learn fast and mm -hmm. reduce this uncertainty. Yeah, I love that. And, and just breaking it down into a team that can move quickly together. And I can't even remember the mathematical term for this, but it came out of Microsoft and they basically said, every time you add somebody to the team, it increases the complexity. Um, by a certain amount and and that's even without having the strategy of utilizing something like scrum which gives you a playbook right that you're saying hey yeah. this is you're on first base you're on third base and you know we're going to coordinate in this way um, and so it's it, that's so true is that you know understanding how many people are on your team how you need to move quickly and how you're taking um, the scope of uncertainty that's really uh, an interesting um, way that I haven't heard that put, which um, makes a lot of sense that Scrum is, and, and it helps you be agile. How do you, how do you fail fast, fail quickly, and get to the, the meat of where you need to be as a team in order to make a quick impact and do it as quickly as possible? Um, and so, uh, Fabian, can you also share with us then when Scrum can fail? Okay, yeah. So, um, at, at the end, what, what you want to be probably is you want to be more agile. Scrum is one way to, to become more agile, but you have to be a little bit careful. Um, so you, you're not agile just because you're using Scrum. So Scrum doesn't make you agile if you mm -hmm. want to call it this way. Scrum just shows you where you are not. So 
so Scrum is a way of doing things. It's an agile way of doing things. And usually the, when we work with Scrum teams at the beginning, um, they have lots of problems, which is totally normal. So that, that's, that's the way it goes. But these problems, we call them impediments, um, are basically the points where, where the team is not agile. And the biggest mistake we, we see teams or companies, clients making is not fixing those impediments. So forcing the team to use Scrum, but and seeing that there are problems, but don't don't address them, don't fix them. Well, then yeah, you, you use Scrum, but you probably never will be agile because, uh -huh. because you, you, you don't fix those those problems. So what really helps is to have a strong sponsor that that has that has the authority and the impact in the company to help fixing those impediments. Mm -hmm. That's great. I love that. And one of the other things in working with, well, previously we worked with, you know, in much of uh, the People Catalyst background is working with really large organizations, right? Because they spend a lot of, you know, they have a budget for R&D and for sales and for innovation. And so, you know, our methodology, the Hoodoo Method, we've, we've you know, in the past, that's really been uh, the types of uh, companies that we've worked with and just recently we've started you know decentralizing that and getting it into the hands in this information to smaller companies and certifying other trainers and one of the things we hear all the time Fabian is is well I, I only have you know 50 employees or you know we're a small startup right and can you share a little bit about why it's probably even more crucial <laughs> <laughs> for them to actually use a process and, and and understand Scrum and they can utilize it at any business size and how you need to utilize it at any business size in order to make a big impact. Yeah, sure, sure. So probably first of all, um, Scrum was or is designed for a Scrum team and the Scrum team is usually three to nine people. So, so, so you can use that with very small companies. You also can scale that and you can use that for very big companies. But so what's the difference? Like bigger companies usually have more money and, uh, and can afford to fail, um, take longer to fail and spend more money in their failures. While small companies usually can't do that. So they, they need to fail fast and cheap and, and learn basically fast. So I think we'll talk all the time about failing fast, what we actually want to say to learn fast, to get the uncertainty down fast. So you, you identify basically what's, what's your strategy, what's your way, what's the way, uh, what the way, which way works. And, and, and if, you, if you're a small company, well, you don't have the money to, to spend years doing that and failing several times uh, or failing long, need a long time to, to learn. Mm -hmm. So I, I think Scrum is, is really crucial for, for small startups and, yes. and can obviously be done with small teams. You know, that is such a good point, Fabian. And we've been, you know, teaching our methodology too. And what, what the biggest aha that we've found in working with smaller companies is they can be more agile. They don't have to get the approval of how many people and make this work and do yeah. all these things. It's like, you've got the stakeholders sitting right in front of you, right? That just got $500,000 or 1.5 million or, you know, some of them larger of investment that they're trying to then move uh, the pup forward and how actually the ability to be agile 
and then use Scrum as a project management strategy is much easier for them than these large corporations and or governments. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, they, they don't have to follow all these policies and uh, rules that the big companies have in place, so it's, it's usually easier. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to see because we work we were again they don't have the big budgets but at the same time the the, the you know the decentralization and the ability to you know find your book and read your book and you know listen to things like this that and all of the information out there that they can utilize in order to you know bring it back to their team and and also you know make their shareholders and any stakeholders in their company um, you know with a smiley face. We want to keep them happy, right? Especially yeah, if right. they're funding our startup or if we're funding our startup, right? Or even if you've been in business for a long time. Um, the other thing I found, Fabian, is if you start with the culture, right? There is actually a culture of doing this. And so if you're in business for, you know, 10 years, and then all of a sudden, hey, we're going to utilize Scrum, Right. That's a little different than if you start out and from, you know, day one or, you know, day early in, in the venture. And can you, uh, as we wrap this up, just chat a little bit about the culture, right? Of yeah. The culture that it creates in your organization, because I think, you know, we've created that word and used that word in so many different ways. And in, in our minds, we think culture is, you know, singing Kumbaya together and <laughs> you know, the potluck on Friday. And it's like, culture is actually your boots on the ground. Culture yeah. is what you do. And can you, as we wrap this up, share the culture and the outcome of utilizing Scrum and how that positively impact, impacts, uh, you know, yeah, sure. culture in the so, so Okay. Um, that, that, that's a really good question because what, what we see a lot is what you just said so like people talk all the time about culture and Asia and scrum but they, some some or some group drifts a lot in these places like we all have to be happy and everything's about happiness and and they forget a little bit the productivity so well dr sutherland has designed scrum developed scrum to make his teams more productive and effective so that, that doesn't mean they can't be happy doing that, but but the the, the initial purpose was to, to become more productive. And and you're totally right, like it's a it's a cultural issue. And what, what people usually try using Scrum is they want to be more agile, so they want to have a more agile culture. So at the end it is a cultural shift, and there's usually something what we see is really difficult, the different approaches to that probably have to see a little bit what culture actually is. So, so you have several layers of culture. You, know? you have values, you have uh, your beliefs, and you have your behavior, for example. And some of that you can't see and some of that you can't. For example, you can't see behavior, but you can't see values. And, and many, many people, when they talk about cultural shifts, they, what they talk about is changing values. Now, I think changing weather is probably the most difficult thing in that, <laughs> that equation. Yeah. Because at the end, you, 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 you go to somebody and tell them, okay, your values are not good, these values are better. Like you can say that in a very nice way, but at the end, that's the message you send. Mm -hmm. And there are very few people that reacting very well to that. 
But there are several studies that have also confirmed that it works the other way around. And, and many people, like easy definitions of culture, are, for example, culture is how we do things around here. It's actually behavior. Mm-hmm. So if you start changing the behavior first, which is yeah. easier than changing values, and use this new scrum agile behavior for sufficient like for time phase, then after a while you you start you realizing, will, oh, people are different. Yeah. Oh, we respond differently. You oh, I need to see yeah. how how your part of the work uh, works and how long it takes and what you have to put into it. It's interesting. We were uh, training a company and we we're talking about this as well as how you know, the things that we do and it opens your eyes, then you can um, affect the fact of what, how people see things, right? And I think that's what you're talking about is like what, and, and Edwards Deming, I'm not sure if you've done any research on his body of work, but out, you know, it was like 35, 40 years, he was focused on the uh, manufacturing industry. And out of his body of work, he came up with 94% of failure is process failure, not people failure. Yet, what is the first thing we do when something doesn't work is we point fingers. Punish the people. Exactly. So if you have a process like Scrum, right, that changes the behavior, that then works backwards to then change the value, that's a lot better than walking in and saying, hey, we just want you to be engaged. Be engaged. Employee engagement. We're going to talk about employee engagement. Yeah. <laughs> right? right? Well, this has been so amazing, Fabian. Again, give Dr. Sutherland a high five from me. I've been singing his praises for years, and Scrum is fantastic. And your new book, I'm super excited to read it. It is going to be out in what, the beginning of March, you were saying? Yeah, correct. The beginning of March. Awesome. And then, how can our listeners get a hold of you, Fabian, or look up your book, or where can we send them? Yeah, go please to yourscrumplaybook.com and every new about the book will be published there. Fantastic. Well, we're super excited to hear about it, Fabian. And uh, we'll also include the link to the overview of Scrum that we did uh, with the Hoodoo method, since all of our listeners have been uh, utilizing the method for a long time and how you can overlay Scrum as a, uh, a tool in your toolbox in order to affect your culture and then increase productivity and have happier people in the meantime. So thanks again, Fabian, all the way from Bogota, Colombia, and we'll be in Thank touch. Thank you, <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for listening to the People Catalyst podcast. And remember, it's a good life.